the uh, 27th number of the Psalms. Uh, let's start at verse number one, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Amen. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. Amen. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Amen. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. We thank the Lord for that. We started uh, last week uh, talking a bit about uh, God's response to our trouble, and that's the the uh, the topic that we uh, began with on um, that we began with on uh, last week, and uh, we started to dive into that, and we got um, um, and we covered a few things. This today, I want to I want to kind of want to wrap up this aspect of uh, of of the trouble dealing with that portion of verse number five um, of Psalms twenty seven. <clears throat> so we're going to really drill into that a little bit further. We talked about it last week, but there's uh, as as so often is the case, there's so much in God's word that even once you go through it, there's um, you, and you think you're done, you're not really done. There's more to be had. There is more to be learned, and this has been an exciting um, topic to understand um, as it concerns the uh, trouble or trouble in general that we may find in our lives. Um, for He will hide me in His shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. That's that same scripture, uh, Psalms 27 and 5, but that's from the English Standard Version. So, um, and, I, and I love at times to be able to read from the different um, versions because sometimes that gives a, uh, it, it assists, it really does. It helps with getting a, a better picture of what's actually going on. Different translations are further translated than others. So another by that, what I mean is, is that the language that is used, um, depending on the translation, gets closer and closer um, to the uh, to the everyday language that you and I use. So sometimes when you're struggling with uh, with one translation, some people have you know they just have problems with the King James version, the these and thous and the thuses and all that kind of stuff. I personally love it; that's my favorite translation. But some people do struggle with that. But praise be to God, Amen. That we have other translations. So if that is you. 
uh, and you find yourself struggling to keep uh, to 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 follow along, um, or you feel yourself, oh man, I'm not really uh, understanding. There, then sometimes trying another translation can be actually very helpful. In our last lesson, uh, brothers and sisters, we started to learn about trouble from a biblical perspective, and this has been really really good. And I, I and I hope you didn't um, you know, forget what we talked about too soon um, because it really is something to really hold on to. See, in our last lesson, we started to learn about not just trouble from a biblical perspective, but we also learned about that the phrase time of trouble. Because if you will, um, if you um, um, are observant um, and you're paying attention, then you then you remember that our very scripture Psalms 27 and 5 says, for in the time of trouble, it begins with that. So we've started to talk about that. We're going to really get into that a little bit further today. Um, we, um, um, because there's just so much there. Now, when we look at this, the time of trouble, one of the things that we learned and we talked about last week was we pulled out the word time. Okay. And we discovered something that, that time, amen, uh, in our text, does not refer to seasons as in um, those periods of transition, okay? Um, it doesn't, that's not what it's talking about. But when the, in our text, for in the time of trouble, um, um, when, uh, in our text, it doesn't, we can really kind of think of it more in lines of um, not a, not transitional seasons, but an appointed time. So not, um, you know, you know, spring and fall and, and summer and winter, um, not in the sense that one follows the other, okay? So you don't want to look at it from that point. It's not from the perspective of one following the other, but you can look at it from the perspective of, for example, um, there is a summer. Summer is an appointed time. Amen. Winter is an appointed time. So you don't look at it in its transitional state, okay? In the in the in the essence of time moving on, but that period of time in and of itself as an appointed time. So that's what you really want to look at. And that's one of the things that we talked about. Um, time, we also said when we got into uh, how we define this word in our text, we discovered that it really breaks down to being a, uh, a day or event, okay? That's what time actually means here, all right? It's not, uh, it's not seasons per se as much as it is an, a day or an event, okay? So a day assigned to a particular purpose or observance, okay? So to better understand this concept, as I said before uh, on last week, you could kind of think of this as an appointment, okay? A scheduled appointment, all right? Something that, that you got on the books, all right? So when the Bible is talking about um, for in the time of trouble, amen, in the time of trouble, David is not talking about a random time, amen. That's not what he's talking about. David is talking about a scheduled time, an appointed time. Amen. And we're going to dig deeper into that um, because that um, it does bear um, a closer examination. We also learned that in our text, uh, when we move from the word time and onto the word trouble, we learned that trouble in the con in, in our text, it means calamity or means e event. Now, remember, the day or time actually meant a, a, an event, 
Amen. And then calamity also means an event. They bring different flavors, so to speak, but they kind of tie out to some extent to the same thing. So trouble means uh, uh, calamity or an event, but 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 it's not just an event. The same as with um, with the word time. It's not 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 doesn't mean that, but it is an a an event of calamity. Okay. So an event resulting in great loss and misfortune. And we said last week that it can also be a sudden thing, something that appears all of a sudden to you, okay? Now, I need you to keep that in mind because when trouble arises suddenly, it's sudden at time, it's sudden for us, but that just because it's sudden for us doesn't mean that that thing wasn't on its way, doesn't mean it wasn't appointed, okay? Um, it's just we weren't expecting it, okay? We didn't, we weren't aware of it. Nobody sits around and plans for bad things to happen, I, you know, I mean, you know, and, and says, I can't wait till something bad happens to me. Nobody does that. I know I don't do that. And, um, and I hope you're not doing sitting around somewhere doing that or know somebody who's doing that, because that would be more than a little bit strange. Nobody wants things that are, um, that are bad to just happen to them. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants a bad day. There isn't anybody who just looks forward to that. Nobody wants a day where things seem to fall apart. Nobody's looking forward to that, okay? Calamity though, however, means, um, is talking about or refers to an event where there's great loss or misfortune. And the idea is, is that these are things that are beyond, that, that uh, tend to be beyond our control, okay? Now, one thing that it does not mean, and that's very important, and we have this pointed out on the slide for those of you who are actually looking at this, it does not mean hardship, okay? So it's not talking about, and when, when I say hardship, let me add some context. We are not talking about hardship in the context of the the personal everyday day-to-day -day struggles that you that you go through it's not talking about the daily routine that daily grind of living so to speak and and the and the uh, and the uh, and and the challenges that uh, result this is not really talking about that kind of stuff okay what this is really talking about, or think of this more on the lines of the bigger things. Okay, the, the this the this these are the these are these are the things that um, that uh, that are um, um, larger in nature. So it might be maybe the loss of a loved one or something uh, or something like that. Okay, it could be the loss of a of of a job or something happening to you know maybe a, you know building burns down or something like something along those levels i think you get the i the idea it's not it's not talking about the that that every that's just those little everyday everyday things man i, I misplaced my wallet i can't find my key and it's not talking about that okay so it's, it's really getting into david was really talking about those those bigger things and we want to make sure that we keep that in mind now the time of trouble david is referring to if we were just try to put a label on this or a better description of on this, David is referring the, the time of trouble that David's referring to in particular uh, are those times when the things that come into our lives, which we don't like and we're not looking forward to. And we would rather and, and we probably if we could pray, we probably would say, Lord, let this cut pass from me. Amen. 
when when those things come, you know, and and they start to come, what David is talking about, those things that come that we don't like and we just really don't want, we have a serious aversion to, right? But they're actually appointed by God. We don't want it. We're not looking forward to it. And if we could, we put it back on the shelf. We turn out the lights and we'd walk right out the door if we could. But sometimes, brothers and sisters, you cannot do that. Some trouble, some calamity, some misfortune. When we say misfortune, what do you mean? We're talking about when things don't work out. Those things that maybe you even thought you really needed to have work out, and it didn't work out. How about that job you're interviewing for? Could be a uh, uh, could be a house could be that you're that you're trying to get could be uh, could be I don't know it could be something that this anything really maybe you're hoping for a favorable report from the doctor this go around maybe you were doing all of these things and so on and so forth but this time that's not the way it worked out you didn't get the the report that you wanted you didn't get the news that you wanted. Things just didn't work out. That's what we mean by misfortune. It's when those things of life, the, the, the major thing, big things, when they don't work out, okay? When they don't work out. See, there are some things, brothers and sisters, that God allows or permits. But then there are some things that God appoints. There are some things that God allows or he permits, amen. But then there are some things that God appoints. And it is important that we understand the difference when dealing with those two things because they are very, very important. That, let's, 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 let's take it in, in pieces. That which he or God allows or permits is or at least tends to be conditional. But sometimes even though it's conditional, it has an unconditional component to that. And I'll, and I'll explain that, okay? The things that God allows or permits, they, some, they are or they sometimes tend to be conditional, amen. But even if they are, there are they, there many times they will also contain within them an unconditional component. And we're going to break that down, okay, in a moment. Now, that which God appoints, on the other hand, is absolutely unconditional, all right? So the things that God permits or allows, many a times those things are conditional, although they may have an unconditional component too. They'll have both. But those things that are just solely appointed by God, you gotta understand, that is unconditional. I'm gonna break all of this stuff down and we're gonna do so by looking at a few examples because sometimes, you know, example of how this stuff works um, really goes a long way to help us out here. So God allows, as an example, God allows mankind to either, option A, and you see this on the screen if you're looking at it, to option A, obey him, or option B, disobey him, okay? The end result 
is conditional. Why is it conditional? It's conditional because what you get at the end is going to be based on what you did or what your choice was. Amen. Whatever your choice was, amen, that is what your, that's what it's going to be based on. Look at 1 Samuel. Amen. I want you to look at chapter 12 and you're going to look at verses 14 and 15. Look at, listen at the word of God. Listen how he describes this. Amen. If ye will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice. Notice he said, if, if it's a condition, this whole thing is conditional. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. Do you, do, you, do you hear that? Do you hear the condition and all that? Watch this. But if ye will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you as it was against your fathers. Do you hear God talking here? I hope you do. I really hope that you do. You should see in this scripture, the condition all in that. You should see this whole thing as being conditional. On the one hand, we've got what, the, we've got what will happen if we obey God and serve God, amen. But then on the other hand, we have what will happen or what will result if we should choose to go against God. So we get the result in this first Samuel chapter 12, that was verse 14 and 15. We see what happens if we choose option A, amen, when it comes to obeying God. And then we see what happens if we choose option B, amen. <clears throat> Two very different things, but things that we need to be aware of nonetheless. How, so, so, so keep that in mind, amen, that's conditional. That, that, that's conditional. That's what you just read when we, when, and that's an example of what we mean by there are some things that God allows. What does he allow? What does he permit? Well, he allows you to choose whether or not you're going to obey him. God doesn't force you to follow him. See, a lot of people make the mistake and they think that God is just getting ready to force you to do it. No, 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 no. God wants you to choose him because you want to choose him. Now, your choice, you got to understand, you don't own yourself. God owns you. And because of that, God reserves the right to weigh in on what your choice is, on what you do. So what, 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 are, you, what, are, we, what are we saying? I'm saying this. The Bible teaches that the Lord, amen, is what? The author and the finisher of our faith. What does that mean? That means he writes the beginning, and that means he writes, he's going to write the end. Amen. But notice, it don't talk about the middle. Why is that? Because the content of the story is left for you and I to write by way of how we live. Your lifestyle, my lifestyle is, is, is the author, is what writes the middle of the story. God writes the beginning. You don't have no choice in when you're going to be born. No, you didn't choose that. No, you did not. I didn't choose that. I didn't choose when I was going to be born. I don't choose who I'm going to be born to. I don't even choose the city I'm going to be born to. I don't choose the, the time in history I'm going to be. We don't choose that. No, 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 no. We don't choose that. He's the author. He starts it out. And then he's the finisher. 
What does that mean? That means he's going to weigh in after it's all said and done. Now, how he weighs in is going to be based on the content of the story. So that's going to be based on how you and I live. Amen. So there is a conditional, okay? Some things that God allows um, or permits, they are conditional. Now, but they can have an unconditional component. And I'm going to explain that also. Now, the number of days that we have on earth, brothers and sisters, is both conditional because it can be adjusted by God, as in King Hezekiah, or as a result of obedience, especially to parents. And we see this in scripture. Take a look. Amen. Glory to God. Isaiah 38 and 5. Okay. God's talking to, to Hezekiah now. All right. And he's sending the prophet. He says, go say to Hezekiah, thus saith, saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add add unto thy days 15 years. Amen. Notice what happened. Hezekiah had, <laughs> Hezekiah had an appointed time. He had an expiration date. He had a time that was set. But what you read here is God adjusting the time, gives him what? 15 more years. Look at Proverbs. I told you it's also because of obedience. God will can adjust the length of days or the time that we have on this earth. Sometimes, you know, and 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 Proverbs is a really good example of it because it harkens back to um what is uh what we actually find in the book of Deuteronomy, as well as in Leviticus, when we talk about the law, especially in dealing with the Ten Commandments, this also deals with that same thing. Notice what Solomon writes here. He says, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. What was Solomon talking about? What did he mean by, what was he meaning by that? Solomon was hearkening back to the very commandments of God, of the 10 commandments, the commandment to honor thy father and thy mother is the, one of the only commandments, one of the few commandments in the Bible, amen, or that were given by God with a promise attached. And the promise was what? Longevity, amen. And so Solomon here is talking uh, to his son and he's telling him to don't forget my laws. Don't forget my commandments. What is he doing? He's teaching him to obey the work, to obey his command. Why is he doing it this way? Why does he add? Because length of days and long life and peace, they'll add all of these sorts of things. Why? Because he was hearkening back to the, camp, the commandments of God. He was basing his teaching to his son, amen, based off of what the commandment. And Solomon knew that there was a promise of length of days when it came to, amen, obedience to parents. Glory to God. So when he's telling his son, you obey me. And the end result, if you do this, is, is that God will look favorable on that. And what will he do? God will honor that by bringing to fruition the promise that he attached to it. And what was the promise? Length of days, amen, amen. That part is conditional. So there's a conditional part. I can have a set time, right? But because the time can be adjusted, it's conditional. Why is it conditional? Because it gets adjusted based on what I do 
or what I don't do. Amen. Days can be added to it. The reverse is also true. Days can be limited or days can be shortened as well. You see this in the case of the, the children of Israel during the Exodus. Amen. Amen. You see this during the, during the Exodus. When the children of Israel embarked on the Exodus, the, 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 the folks on the Exodus or the people of God on the Exodus were between 20 and 40 years old. Now, Psalms 90, for those of you who know your Bible, Psalms 90 tells us uh, in, the, in, the, in the 10th verse, the days of our years are therefore, or, are three score years and 10. And if by reason of strength, they be four score years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow for it is soon cut off and we fly away. That Psalms 90 is referred to as the prayer of Moses. And it was a Psalm, amen, that was written at the end of the Exodus. The individuals or the people who were on the Exodus were between 40 or 20 years of age. Now, most people, when they read that scripture, this is where people really start to start to thinking that, oh, well, people have only 80 years, roughly average of 80 years to live. Well, that's not actually, that's not actually true. That's not what that is actually teaching, because if that was the case, then how do you explain the 81-year-old or the 90-year-old and so on and so forth? The, the Bible wasn't teaching or trying to teach in this instance that that was 80 years was the lifespan of a man. No, 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 no. That's not what it was. But what in, in, what was actually happening was, was that the maximum age during that time of the Exodus was about 40 years old when they left Egypt. Amen. Okay. And, 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 uh, when the Israelites left Egypt and crossed the Red Sea um, and entered the wilderness. And if you add to that 40 years, another 80 years, this, excuse me, another, another 40 years, this is the number of years that they wandered. Okay, so when they left, it was 40 years. But then when they got into the wilderness, they, another 40 years got assigned to them. Well, it wasn't that it actually got assigned to them. It was actually that their time got limited. Because in the wilderness journey, the children of Israel decided to rebel against God. And so what God did to the children of Israel, amen, because of their disobedience, God actually put a 40-year cap on their lifespan. So he did a subtraction. He didn't do an addition. He did a subtraction. He subtract, God said, you only got 80 more years. And this is why them that were 40 years and older, what happened? They died off in that wilderness. While they were in that 40, wandering for 40 years, they wandered until they died off. Amen. Amen. So the same thing, brothers and sisters, can happen in reverse. God can either add or subtract years, but it is based on what you and I do and how we live. Amen. God, and it's at God's sole discretion. God is the one that does it. It's not something that you can just make him do. So I don't want you to, I don't want you to think that it's, it, it, it's up to God. But when you believe and you follow God, these are the, this is what the scripture teaches. So there is a condition, there can be a conditional component to the lifespan of a person. However, watch this though. Now that is true. That is absolutely true. But at the same time, it is also 
contains within in it an unconditional limit. What does that mean? Or an unconditional component to me? It up to it. The it's unconditional because the time is appointed. Now, if you look at uh, Joel, Amen. Look at chapter 14. I want you to look at verse number five. The Bible says this, seeing his days are what? Determined. The number of his months are with thee. Thou hast appointed his bounds that he what? Cannot pass. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. So at the same time, it is conditional, but it's also unconditional. Why is it unconditional? Because even though God may adjust it. Whatever he adjusts it to, when God does it, he sets it. It's appointed. He appoints it. In other words, God appoints the adjustment. <laughs> Glory to God. And the, whatever God sets, that's what it is. It's done. Hezekiah had a certain time frame. And then what did God do? He appointed 15 more years. And at the end of that 15 more years, that was it. God appointed it. So it can have a conditional it can, it can, it, the things that God allows or permits are conditional and they can have an unconditional component, but the things that God appoints, just straight up appoints, that's unconditional. That cannot be changed. That's set in stone. If God decides to adjust the limit, then that means that he's setting something else in stone. So that means that if he starts you out with saying you got 10, and then he says you got 15 more, he's appointed a new limit. But that limit is appointed. That new limit become that's the end point. It doesn't go any further than that. If it's going to be further adjusted, that would mean God would have to adjust it further. Amen. So that's something for us to keep in mind. It's good stuff. It's very good stuff. Now, the reality, brothers and sisters, is, is that what is that not only this, okay? The reality is, is, is that yes, we can affect some change. God gives, God will respond. God allows us to weigh in on some things, but God does not allow us to weigh in on everything. There are some things that God simply sets in stone and you can't do nothing about that. You cannot change it. You got to trust God through it. Amen. You, they, you can't do that. Let's get another example. Okay. The reality that we will each be judged after our end of days. Okay. Judgment for each and every one of us. That's something that has been appointed. And therefore, it's unconditional. Amen. Hebrews 9 and 27 says it this way. And as it is appointed unto man, unto men once to die. But after this, what? The judgment. Do you see that? That's an example of unconditional appointment. That's an unconditional appointment. That judgment, he says, after that, guess what? The judgment. You're not going to get out of that. I'm not going to get out of that. Listen, there's no way for you to live. There's no way for that I can live that will not result in a judgment. Amen. Now the revelation and the word of God talks about different um, judgments. Amen. Amen. And that's a good thing. And so there are, there are uh, some judgments. If you live right, there's a judgment, the great white throne judgment. You don't want to be a part of that. 
Amen. No, you don't want to be a part of that. That 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 judge those that go through that judgment, man. That you know what? They're not gonna make it. They're going to hell. That's the end result. You want to be in the other one. You want to be in the one preceding that. The one where your works are going to be tried. You are going to be saved. You are going to reach that final state of salvation. Amen. Where you are delivered from the presence of sin. Amen. But your works are going to be tried. And that's something that none of us are going to get out of. You will be a part of a judgment. The question is, which one are you going to be a part of? Are you going to be a part of the one where, where, where your rewards and all these things are determined and you make it into heaven? Or are you going, or are you going to be hard-headed and live this life by your, own, by, 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 by your own device and your own choosing? And you become a part of that second one, that final one, the one you don't want to be a part of. That's up to you. But judgment, that's unconditional. That you don't get to get out of. Let's get another example of this. Amen. Amen. If, as another example, if in our life, we choose disobedience. So that's option B. Amen. If we choose, if we choose option B, to disobey God. Well, the end state of disobedience, brothers and sisters, is also something that's appointed. Amen. The end state of disobedience is also something that is appointed. And because it is appointed, that means that, guess what? It is unconditional. It's non-negotiable. God, God's not going to come to a negotiating table. God's not getting ready to make an exception. No, no, no. If you choose option B, that means you will have chosen to live in sin. And, the, and God has appointed an end to that. Let's look at Daniel. Chapter 9, verse 11. Amen. A lot of us don't necessarily go to this one, um, but it's one that we actually need to hear. Yea, all Israel have transgressed the law, even by departing. How did they transgress? By leaving. That's how they broke the law, by leaving. That's what, what he's saying. That they might not, what? Obey thy voice. Therefore, what happened? The curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. What was he talking about? The oath or the, prom or the promise? Well, the oath, what he was talking about is the promise that God made regarding the curse. So if you look into Deuteronomy and you, and you read Deuteronomy, and you read even Leviticus, and you can just read where where all the instances where the law of God is stated, but you really get a good picture of it in uh, in Deuteronomy. So that probably will be one of the better locations for you to go and look at it. But in the book of Deuteronomy, you see some things being outlined. Amen. Amen. So Deuteronomy is is um, really just means uh, Deuteronomy means second law. Okay, is what Deuteronomy means. And it doesn't mean that there is a second law, but the book of Deuteronomy is really a ratification, so to speak, of the law that you see in Leviticus. So in other words, it's a second stating. In Deuteronomy, all the terms of the contract or all the law that God put and made visible and made available to us in Leviticus and everything else, it's in the book of Deuteronomy that they're all restated and they're kind of packaged in one nice, neat order or one nice, neat package. Okay, so that's what it means, Deuteronomy second. 
second law. It me it's a it's a restating of it, and it's not a new law, but it's 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 the law that was given and as outlined in the uh, other books of the Old Testament, Leviticus and whatnot. And it is taken and it is all put together in a formal uh, in, in a very formal way. That's what the book of Deuteronomy what the book of Deuteronomy does. Amen. And so what the, what the writer is talking about or what is being referenced here. Amen. What is being referenced here when we talk about uh, Daniel, as far as Daniel saying um, the curse is poured upon us and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. What he's talking about is that how in Deuteronomy or in, in the law, God outlines both the blessing and the curse. God promises, hey, if you are obedient, this is what's going to happen. You can expect this to happen. But at, on the same token, brothers and sisters, he also outlines what the negative consequences that will take place if you and I, or if the children of God, transgress and go against God and start living in sin. And that's what he's talking about here. He's talking about they've transgressed the law by departing from God. They walked away from God. They refused to obey God's voice. And it was because of that, that the promise of the curse not the promise of the blessing. That's not what Daniel's talking about. He's not talking about the promise of the blessing. He's talking about the promise of the curse. Because what people don't often realize is, is that God promises you both blessings and curse. He promises both. He promises both. If you're living right, you're doing right, God says, you know what? I'm going to bless you. God says, but if you purposely just living wrong and you and you sinning against me and walking in sin or whatnot and you continue to walk, guess what's going to happen to you? Well, it ain't going to be the blessing. No, brothers and sisters, it is not going to be the blessing. No, it's going to be the curse. Uh, we got another scripture that really that backs this up. Look at Romans chapter six, verse 23. Many of us know this by heart. For the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, brothers and sisters, that's appointed. That's an appointment that don't change. There's no version of living in sin and it don't it, listen, living in sin. And it dying in sin and it don't result in death and by death, we're meaning the second death. So that eternal separation is separation from God. Uh, uh, death, death. For the wages of sin, the consequences of sin is death. Brothers and sisters, that's a point. So that's an example of that. that. And that's something that we want to make sure that we understand. Amen. So then, so then God allows some things or permits some things. And then God appoints some things. And this is something that we need to keep in mind as we discover and as we discuss what it means by the time of trouble, as we see in our scripture. Again, Psalms 27, 5 says, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle, shall he hide me. It, though That time of trouble, amen. God, sometimes that trouble, that, 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 that those appointed times of misfortune, when things don't work out, Okay, or loss when things that I think that are suddenly going and I can't do anything about it. There are some times where those things, brothers and sisters, I know we don't like it, but there are some times where that's appointed. It's not always as a uh, feel, you know, it might seem like it's haphazard, 
might seem like some of this stuff comes out of the blue, but that is not actually the case. That's not always the case. No, 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 no. No, some things that we go through are appointed. Some things are conditional, meaning we bring that upon ourselves. And that's why I spent that time talking about some things are permitted and some things are appointed. Amen. Because there are some things that happen that are a result of how we live and the way we carry on. That's conditional, meaning that guess what? It does not have to be. The negative aspect does not have to come about. If we would only lay down our arms and stop fighting against God. And I want to encourage somebody there today. Stop fighting against God. How long? Are you going to make the unnecessary necessary? How long is that going to go on? How long are you going to continue to try to ice skate uphill? The further you seem to get, the harder gravity pulls at you and tugs you right back. Because you can't overcome the things that God appoints. He doesn't allow you to weigh in on that. That's divine prerogative, brothers and sisters. And how long are we going to live our lives in a manner where we think that getting to heaven is a result of somehow beating the odds? I'm going to do what I want to do for as long as I can. And then at the last minute, I'm going to try to hurry up and get things right. So I, you're not going to make it. And now look, I, 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 I got to rain on that parade. You're not going to pull the wool over God's eyes. You can't have one foot in the house of God and the other foot in the world. And so many of us, and perhaps somebody who's going to be listening to this, regardless of what time of day it is, and regardless of what country you are in when you hear it. Brothers and sisters, you got to stop trying to beat God. You're not going to win. You're not going to outdo God, and you are not going to pull the wool over God's eyes. You can't live a life that says, I'm going to live as unrighteous and as unholy as I can, I'm, I'm going to do everything that I can while I can. And then when I get close to the end, that's when I'm going to turn it around. Do you not know that God is not a fool? How long are you and I going to act as though God does not know what the intent of our heart is? He told Sam, God told Samuel, look, I don't look on the outside as men do. I see the heart. And to that person who thinks that you're going to give your life to God at the last minute, while you purposefully live in a manner that is contrary to the word of God, what you know better, what you know you're not supposed to be doing. To that person who thinks that you are getting ready at the last minute, that you're going to skate into heaven, I got another thing for you. You are not 
going to skate into heaven. I'm here to tell you right now, you're not going to make it. You are not going to play God and make a fool out of God. God is going to know all day long that your thought was to live as crooked as you could while you felt you could only to try to give it up and turn around. No, he ain't accepting that. That is not going to work. God is not a fool. And if that's what your thought and that's the way that you're living, I implore you. I Listen, I'm begging you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't go that way. I'm pleading with you. I am pleading with you today. Stop right where you are. Don't go no further. Give God the best of your service. Turn to God now. Do what you can now. Bible says, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation, as your fathers did. Don't do that. Don't turn a hard heart towards God. You want your cake and eat it too. I get it. But some cake, brothers and sisters, you're not supposed to have. Some things you and I, we're not supposed to have. Not at all. So stop trying to beat God. You're not going to beat God. It's not, it's not, that's just not going to work. Amen. Amen. Now let's look at something here because we, we said that God uh, appoints these things. And this, and this, is, and this is good stuff. We, we, we learned that some of this, it's, it's conditional. These time of trouble, okay? Disappointment. With of of with of, with misfortune or things that don't work out and 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 great loss at times. Okay, I know we like to think that it's always haphazard, but that's not always the case. Sometimes that stuff is actually appointed. Amen. And it actually and there is actually a reason, and we're gonna get into all we're gonna get into all of that. But nevertheless, since we're talking about this and we're talking and we and that and and we're we're discussing how that that come that there are times where trouble basically in essence is appointed. That's really in essence what we're talking about. Amen. Because we're talking about that, we would be remiss if we did not talk about Ecclesiastes chapter three, verses eleven, verses one through eleven. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verses one through 11. No way to really uh, to, 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 to talk about all this and not deal with this because we've got to we've got to get through all of this. And in particular, we're going to break down verse number. We're going to break down verse number one. But 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 let's let's read that what the word of God actually um, what that what the word of God actually uh, is, is, is telling us in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter three. The Bible says to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uh, pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time uh, to build up, amen a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and what? A time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time, uh-oh, to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time to war, and a time to peace. Amen. And a time to peace. 
time. Time. Now I just read through really uh, through verse 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 eight, but you can you can you can take it on um, all the way through. Um, but I, I think that's a, that that's uh, that's sufficient. But notice this: what the Word of God is saying here. Amen. Outlines all of these times. So let's let's break this down. The one that we really want to break down is really verse one, and then that sets the tone for everything else. Once you get this one, then it'll add into context um, all of the rest of the verses. Now you may need to break down some of the other verses um, to really understand what is being talked about. We're not going to go into that, but um, in, in in this trip, but we are going to go as far as what's uh, necessary for us to really kind of um, prove a point here. So we're going to look at verse number one. To everything, there is a season and a time and to every purpose, time to every purpose under the heaven. And we really want to focus just on this one because you notice throughout that, that concept of time, a time for this and a time for that and a time for this and a time for that. It keeps repeating throughout that whole, um, throughout that whole scripture set. So we just really need to understand really this first one, because it doesn't really deviate too much at all, really, um, once you understand it in the, uh, um, 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 in the first verse. So I'll, let's take a look at that. Let's break, let's break these words down. Let's get into this. season. Now, when the Bible talks about here season, because remember, we're, we're talking about this time of trouble going back to our base scripture. Amen. Okay, so that's what we're really that's what we're really focusing on, and that's what we're really getting to. But in Ecclesiastes, we've got this: there for everything, there is a season. Now, season designated. Okay, when we talk about season, okay, what we're really talking about is a designated or an assigned point. Okay, that's what it actually really kind of gets to, or what it's really driving at. So you want to think of this when you see the word season. Okay. To everything, there is a season. When the Bible's talking about that, you want to think divine appointment or appointed time. And isn't that familiar? Because we're just talking about that in the book of uh, Psalms 27 and 5, when we talk about a time of trouble, when we broke all that down, we broke down time and trouble. Amen. Especially um, um, this has connection to the word time. Okay. So we, we're talking a divine appointment. Okay an appointed time. So in particular, or, or in, in particular, a, it's really a proper time in the future, all right, that is specified as the time something will happen. So it is literally a designated time. It is a particular time, or it is a proper time. So when the Bible says to, you know, to everything, there is a season, he's saying there is a proper time. There is a particular time there is th that's what he's talking about there is a particular uh or a proper a specified time where something is set to happen okay not a time right now but a future time so this is talking future tense and you need to understand that so what he's really talking about to everything that there is a season he's saying that there is a future time or a future um moment so to speak where something is designated to happen. Now, let's look at time, amen. Because it says to everything, there is a season and a time. Now time in this text, okay, really means the exact or proper moment a thing is to occur. 
So it is, in essence, it is a suitable moment. Amen. So the difference between the two, because it, at first it can seem like they're saying the same thing, but they're actually not really saying the same thing. What he's actually doing or what Solomon's actually doing here in this scripture is, is that he's actually zeroing in or bringing in a lot of clarity or depth to this concept. When he says season, which is a designated point, what he's talking about is, is this, is that there is a, that has to deal with really the circumstances that has to deal with the external or everything that is around that time. The word time deals with the actual exact moment. Okay. So season deals with the things that are going around or going on. Okay. A, 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 it is a, it, it, it's in the terms of, it is, um, if, if we look at it, it's in, it's with respect or in regard to uh, a thing happening in the context of a larger picture, so to speak. Okay. So it, it's a, it's a season. Okay. That it is, it is, it is, it is a designated air. In other words, if I was to probably make it more plain, it probably, it would probably be the equivalent of me saying the, uh, this type of stuff is is reserved for the summertime, okay? Not it's reserved for the summer, or this this season of heat or whatever it is. It's reserved for it's appointed for this time frame. It's appointed here, but the word time means not only is it appointed for this season or for this context, but within this context. Here is the exact moment that it is going to take place. Amen. So that that so if you really kind of look at it, if you really kind of look at it, season really kind of zeroes in the hour. It's like saying something's going to take place at five o'clock or in the in, in the excuse me, something's going to take place in the five o'clock hour in the fifth hour. That means that it could take place anywhere within that. It's just going to happen in that fifth hour. You get what I'm saying? It's just going to happen in that fifth hour, but it can happen anywhere within that. When he adds the word time, that adds like that's like adding the, mi the minutes and the seconds. That's basically saying it's going to happen in the fifth hour. That's the season. But the time is going to be at exactly at one minute after so 501 so in other words it pinpoints it that's really what that does and and, I, and that's really what you want to keep in mind with that then you have amen the word purpose and that really just simply means the thing that occur or the matter okay so it, 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 on your screen it says a vaguely specified matter so meaning that it can be anything it's not something necessarily that's set in stone. It can be of any type of matter, any type of concern, anything that comes up, including states, events, uh, processes, among other things. It can be any of those things, okay? So the purpose can be whatever is happening, whatever is being intended or whatever is going on. And so what he says is to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So in essence, what he's saying is, is, is that for every matter or everything that can come up, that's what purpose is talking about, anything that can come up, to anything that can come up, there is a period of time that God 
designates that it is proper for a thing to occur. Because remember, the time meant a suitable moment. Amen. Amen. He's literally telling you that for the things that happen, and notice when you went down, one of those things that he named off was a time to lose. Amen. Amen. And did not our scripture, going back to Psalms 27 and 5, for in the time of trouble, amen, trouble meaning calamity and meaning loss, amen, great loss. And yet in Ecclesiastes, he says there's a time for that. There's a time to lose. And not only is there a season or there is a context or a period in my life where this thing is going to happen or this thing can, can happen, but there is also an exact moment. And see, and that's very encouraging if you actually think about it. It's encouraging because what it actually means, brothers and sisters, is, is that trouble that comes your way. God is so aware of it. And God is such a part of it. Amen. God is so aware and is such a part of it. That God's got you covered down to the second, down to the minute. There are some things that you are going to have to deal with because it's been appointed by God. But my Bible tells me that God will not put more on you than you can bear. And this scripture really, when we brought in Ecclesiastes, really is telling us that very thing, that God will not put more on you than you can bear. Everything that you go, listen, I'm just, I hope you hear it. I hope you hear it. It is appointed. God's got you covered down to the second. And can I encourage somebody and tell you today that what you're going through, what you're dealing with, listen, trouble may endure for a night, but that joy is coming. It's not going to last, not a moment, not a second longer than God has determined. God bless you today, brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining. As always, I am going to stop the recording here. Wow.